be warned. It is my job to arm you against the foulest creatures known to wizard kind. You may find yourselves facing your worst fears in this room. Know only that no harm can befall you whilst I am here. I must ask you not to scream. It might provoke them! Yo, 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 what's going on, guys? This is your favorite video game podcast, the Sticky Buttons Podcast. This is your host, Brandon, with a really special episode. A little bit weird. You guys might not be accustomed to this, but I got some special guests here today. You guys want to introduce yourselves? <laughs> what's up, guys? My name's Edgar. Pretty good friend of, of Brandon Prince. Let's hear what... What's up, man? I'm Mark. I've known Brandon since middle school. The Sandbox. So the Sandbox. <laughs> so I'm glad he invited us. Yeah. You know, it was Blake's birthday. March 1st, shout out to Blake and his birthday. Wish you many more. Sir, wish you were here, and bro. He was oh, like, Blake. he was like, yeah, I can't really record this week, so I need you to come through for me. And I hit up some good friends of mine, and here we are. We're going to talk about Hogwarts Legacy. I'm sure you've seen on our TikTok, we've been posting a lot of Hogwarts content. Hogwarts is a great game. I'm personally loving it, and I know my friends are too. So we're gathered here to talk about the game. You know, some likes, dislikes, kind of what we're experiencing. And yeah, let's get right into it. So I guess I'll start off with easy question. What are your favorite three spells? I'll go last. Oh, wait, actually, before we do that, could we actually start with how you heard about the game? For sure. That's a great place to start. You kick it off, Mark. All right. Well, I first heard about the game when they initially uh, like announced it. I was kind of skeptical about it because I was kind of hoping it'd be like a PlayStation exclusive game. More because like, not? no, it's not. It's on Xbox, PC, or every console, even Switch. That's crazy. But yeah, so I thought it was gonna be a PlayStation exclusive because I know they take more time with that. Right. The adaptive triggers, everything that comes with the new console. So I was a little mm-hmm. skeptical hearing about that. I was kind of like, oh, man, I don't know if kind of like butcher this game. So I was kind of a little nervous, but then you know, it released, and here we are. So would you say your expectations were high when you were first coming no. into this game? No. Why is that? I saw some of the cutscenes and stuff. I thought that it looked a little weird at first. I didn't know how the game was going to play out, just having a wand. And I didn't know how the spells, they really made it. I can't even explain. Like, it's actually really good. But I was not expecting that coming into the game. All right. So we'll get a little bit more into why it's good. Edgar, I'm curious. How did you hear about the game? I heard about, I feel like. When they first started sending out clips for this game, it was when, like, the PSR was, like, first out. So I'm like, okay. I used to like like the Harry Potter movie. I wasn't a crazy big fan of it. Like, I didn't read the books. I would make fun of kids for reading the book. But the movie was definitely fire. And then when you see the clips coming out, I'm like, yo, this is tough. I used to play this game called uh, Wizard 101 on the PC. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, throwback. Oh, I know, man. bro. I used to be on that game to like 3, 4 in the morning playing that game, bro. Like, I would, every time we went to like Toys R Us, I would buy the $50 thing that comes with a crib, <laughs> like some coins. Bro, I was, I had the plans. I had all the pets, bro. I was chilling in that game. So I'm like, all right, bet they finna bring out some Wizards game to the, to like the console and stuff. I'm like, all right, this game finna be tough. Yeah, so your boy Edgar was already a master wizard. Yeah, Edgar. He was already a master wizard. He was like, man, Hogwarts is already a natural transition. That's crazy that you brought that up because I used to be a fiend on Wizard 101 too. 
Uh, how about you, Mark? You never played it? No, I never played I might have hopped on it once, but no, nah, it was more of a RuneScape. That was guy. an era, bro. That was really an era mm-hmm. in just internet and gaming. You know, it's, it's very interesting. Maybe we could do an episode on Wizard 101 just when we get back on it. I remember the last time I got back on that game was like maybe a year, year and a half ago. I was just like, let me just see what's to yeah. this game, you know? And mm-hmm. it definitely feels like an early 2000s game. Like, you could tell, like... Mm-hmm. You could tell it definitely has some replay value. and No, for sure. So I got a question for you guys. What's up? Since you've seen the movies, do you think the game lives up to the movies and or books if you read it? That's a great question. You know, I read the books. I watched the movies. My mom and I used to love going to see the movies together. I was really into the Harry Potter franchise so much to the point where I used to buy the wands and shit. Like I used to order them from online. Like, <laughs> you know, I had Harry Potter's wand. I had Professor Snape's wand, Dumbledore's wand. I was really collecting them. And I definitely do feel like it lives up to it. You know, I get on the game and kind of get lost in this world. You know, the music that's playing in the background, the, the characters. Yeah, the, the music soundtrack for the game is crazy. Like, I literally mm-hmm. used to be sitting there just to hear the music in the background. Right? Like, they, they did their thing with the music, yeah. man. They just... Yes, yeah, I saw one thing leading into the game. The developers were showing the game and they were saying that anything you see, you can explore. So I find that pretty cool that, like, literally in Hogwarts, there's so many rooms that you can – first, you have to level up, of course, but, like, everything you see, you can explore. There's puzzles, different rooms. Every house has their own main room. Like, it's just – it's insane. Even outside of Hogwarts, too, like, in some of the – maybe in Diagon Alley, where you can walk around and just pet a cat, you know? And, and oh, I think, yeah. like, little things Bro. like that just show you that this is not, like, a – you know, an EA game where they kind of just took two years and like rushed this game. Yeah, this is really, you could tell they definitely cared about this it. This is really a passion project, right? These people yeah. cared about this world and kind of bringing it to life through this media. Well, I don't even like petting the cat because after you pet the cat, bro, when they make that cat noise, it sounds like a human. <laughs> a real cat. <laughs> they couldn't get a real cat to do the audio for the thing. It's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to the question of how we first kind of heard about the game. The way I heard about it was, it was on TikToks a lot. You know, I personally don't use yeah. TikToks, but people around me do. And they were kind of talking about the game. And it was interesting to see people who don't even game kind of just curious about this this experience, right? And, you know, I was just, I was intrigued. And then, you know, it took me a while, but I eventually purchased it. It was a bit expensive, $69.99. I wonder if it's that price on everything yeah, else. a lot of games are $70 now. They upped it. The- Next gen, man. But I got to say it was worth it, despite a lot of the controversy that was originally, you know, attached to it. You know, J.K. Rowling is not in the best light right now due to her yeah. her comments on the LGBTQ community. And so I guess the question that I have now is, have you guys heard about that controversy? And if so, like, did that affect your wanting to play this game at all? Or Yeah, that's definitely a sensitive topic. But now I saw that a lot of people were... They said the developers, the game, she had nothing to do with the game, but obviously she did create the world. Right. And you got to acknowledge that. But the people making the game, they don't have an ill intent. You know, people grew up watching these movies. There's a lot of nostalgia with it, you know? For sure. I mean, I heard, I heard something else. I heard that that girl from the bar scene, I heard they purposely put that in there because of J.K. Rowling being like hating, like hating that those kind of people. That's what I heard. That's interesting. Oh, in the game, yeah. Elaborate on that. In the game, you don't remember, there's a woman in the bar, and when they talk, you just hear 
Like it, it just sounds very masculine. Mm. So a lot of people were posting that on TikTok and they were really confused on like what was going on because it just came from left field. You didn't really expect it, you know? Yeah, that's when you're going to Diagon Alley at first and you, you yeah. go with like either Sebastian or Natsai and you're like exploring and then you finally meet the villain, right? Yeah, yeah, the first villain, the yeah. goblin or whatever that thing is. Yeah, it was a really interesting scene. It really gets you into the game. You know, I guess we can start talking about that, how the story really pulls you into this world. If you first start off and you're with this professor, what's his name? Can someone remind me his name? Professor... Professor, professor Fig. Fig. Okay. Yeah, professor. And you're you're a fifth year student, so you're not like a regular, you know, freshman coming into Hogwarts. You're kind of already older than the rest of the mm-hmm. students, and you somehow find your way to Hogwarts. Which I I like that dynamic to it because I think it kind of explains why you progress very quickly and you can learn all these spells and do all these amazing things right off the bat. But just coming into Hogwarts with Professor Fig was quite an experience. And that really pulled me into the game and the story. So what were your guys' experiences when you first got into the game? What were your thoughts of this world? I'll start out. When I first hopped on the game and I saw just in the distance, the graphics, just the world of Harry Potter kind of made you feel like a kid. I don't know if you guys ever been to like Universal or anything. Yeah, I have. When you go into Hogwarts... Man, when you're in there, it just feels like you're part of that world. So I think the game did a really good job of like making you feel like you're actually a student in Hogwarts, you know? Yeah, capturing the Hogwarts kind of vibe, so to say. The music, again, just really pulls you in there. The sorting hat, right? Like getting placed. Did you guys allow the sorting hat to place you or did you just decide to say, you know, I'm going to still pick my house? I let it pick me out because I'm not going to lie. When I, when I hopped on the game... Like, my first thought was that I'm just going to be devious. <laughs> I'm just going to have to be the master of dark art. So I'm like, put me in Slytherin. Every option I could pick to be just devious, I picked every option I could. That's funny. For me, I initially wanted to join Ravenclaw because I saw nobody was like, everyone was leaning towards Slytherin and Slytherin Gryffindor. And then I saw people were kind of just making fun of Hufflepuff. So I thought, you know, I would just, I'd put uh, Ravenclaw on the map. And I kind of just chose the questions and it, it just landed that way. That's what's up because you already you already had kind of an idea where you wanted to end up. Yeah, you know, I put it there. into the into this earth. That's awesome. They just knew. But about the Slytherin and Edgar being a demon, I don't know if you've seen a lot of memes that have been going around, especially the well on TikTok. You know, I've been seeing a lot of things about <laughs> Vada Kedavra, <laughs> and that, that was that was definitely a big thing coming into the game because everyone was wondering if you could be good or bad, and if you're just gonna have a Vada Kedavra, your classmates. <laughs> man, man, you can't even do that, bro. Like, if you were able to do that, bro, I would get rid of the whole school. <laughs> you can't even do that. What's bro? wrong with this guy? That's no, but I just thought that was very funny. A lot of memes have come out of this game, and I also kind of brought me into getting the game. No, for sure. Just... It shows how you know a lot of people are really getting into this story and into this world, so to say. It's interesting how, you know, you kind of, Edgar, you were attracted to being Slytherin because I kind of also wanted to be Slytherin. I feel like in, in real life, I'm a very, like, nice person. Wouldn't do a lot of the things that a Slytherin would do. That's why in the game, I wanted to kind of explore that. And so I, I named myself Tom Riddle. It picked me Ravenclaw, and I still went, oh, I'm going to be Slytherin because I wanted to, like, play through as Tom Riddle. I haven't really played through that 
that story because I actually went ahead and made another character that's more like myself, that's actually a Ravenclaw. And I've been having a lot of fun with, with the Ravenclaw playthrough. Now, this brings me to another topic. There are different playthroughs of the game depending yeah. on your house, right? Yep. Yeah. Then they said that if you have Ravenclaw, you have like the most missions. No, no, no. I believe it was Gryffindor was the most missions, obviously, because of Harry Potter and everything. But I'm pretty sure Ravenclaw had the deepest lore. I think that's what they used. That was the word. The story is probably, it wasn't as long, but it had more like depth to it. You know what I mean? For sure. There was more behind the story. That would make sense because Ravenclaws are all about that, right? They're like intelligent. They're really into reading and understanding like the history, the story behind things. You know, Gryffindor is more brave and just willing to go out there and explore. It's really interesting. I personally have not gotten too far in the game. I think I'm maybe level yeah. six, level six now. So oh, my, you're really in the beginning, huh? Yeah, my favorite spells are probably going to be like Accio, Levioso. You know, just being able to lift up my opponent or bring them closer to me. I also really like Incendio. I think that's it. That's a great spell. Just being able to like flame somebody. That's really fun. Uh, so what are some of your guys' favorite spells? Yeah. Well, especially the ones you said, those are very good starter spells, but those, they follow you to the end of the game. Like there's just, there's so many spells to choose from and the basic ones, they always get the job done. But for me, I really like Confringo. I love how like it literally is just a circle of fire. Like anything around you is getting hit by that. That's one of my go-tos, but definitely Akio and Expelliarmus are really good. Because for some reason, even against certain enemies, it doesn't even... You can't disarm anything, but it does a lot of damage for me. But Levioso, too, is a very good one. What about you, Edgar? See, see, yeah, I got some babies. I'm like a level 32 right now. <laughs> I basically got all the spells unlocked. Right now, I'm trying to get all the curse spells, but definitely my favorite spell is Imperio. And then, um, what's the other one? I think it's called Crucifix. This guy really is a Slytherin, huh? <laughs> and then I'm waiting to unlock a bad cadaver, and that's going to be number one. I still haven't unlocked <laughs> that one yet. So what does that do in the game? For those people who don't know what a Vedic cadaver is, what does that do? What does that spell do in Hogwarts? That, that is an instant kill. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter oh, who man. your enemy that's is. That's real Slytherin, isn't it? It's real <laughs> Slytherin, but that's another thing on the game living up to the Harry Potter world is that they kept that in the game. It doesn't matter what boss you fight, what level you are. If you use a Vada Kadabra, it's a one-shot kill. And that's pretty cool that they kept that in the game. That a is little really OP, cool. but it's pretty cool. Yeah, you would think that that would kind of you know take away from a lot of the other mechanics that the developers try to put in the game, right? Like a one-shot kill. But is there any way you can miss, probably, with the Vada Kadabra? Like, there's got to be some, like, you know, balance. It has, like, it has a long cooldown. I want to say the cooldown is probably like a minute and 30 seconds. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So you can't just go spamming around a Vatic Cadabra. <laughs> you gotta wait a little bit. How does that cooldown work? Because sometimes I get into I get into fights. I just became the dueling champion. So shout out to me. <laughs> the underground. The, the underground dueling champion. That was really fun. Yeah, really that fun was really fun. Line. I recommend it. But I noticed that my sp- my log will sometimes like I'll sh- I'll try to cast a spell and I'll like shake because I don't have magic or something. Why is that happening? It's your cooldowns just not over. Ah, uh, so there's a cooldown. You every may have spell. to give it a second or two. Yeah, gotcha. So with the fighting, have you noticed the certain 
bubbles. Like when you were in the underground fighting thing, did you see the different colors? Like, did you notice that? When they would play defense, they would put yeah, up a certain... Yeah, the different colors. I read the tutorial where it tells you, like, that depending on the bubble, you might have to use incendiary yeah, if it's red. so if it's red, if it's like purple. Green, you need Akio, I thought that was really purple, cool. You need Lavioso. Does that carry to the end of the game? Is that something that you really find yourself having to, yeah. you know, work around? Yeah. Yeah. You have to always, in your item slots, you got to have certain spells and just know where they are. I find that really cool, though, that you can switch between multiple spells. Yeah. It's... The way they, they did the game, I hats off to them because I was not expecting this when, when the game came out. Yeah, man. Hats off to Port Key Games for doing what they did with this game. You can tell they didn't take a regular kind of development process on this. I really enjoy the little things like being able to spin the globes or going around Hogwarts and just interacting with like the mermaid statues. It's the little things. The, bro, the Merlin Trials. The Merlin Trials. Oh, you man. know about that? I don't know. Oh, you see, you can't me. be spoiling the game for this guy, man. It's, it's only right, at level man. six. It's all right. You have to like in level 10, level 12. It's like, you're like hey, you heard like, it. That's four levels right there. Like, like these little uh, circle payment things, and then you sprinkle some little flux weed. You have to grow that like in your room. And you go like to these Merlin Trials all around the world, and like each different trial has like a different puzzle. You got like one puzzle, oh yeah, yeah, Wingardium Leviosa something to this, or you gotta destroy like these stone bricks or these balls. Yeah, it's very uh, definitely gotta think. Yeah, it's not, it's not. I like games like that. Like I feel like a lot of games are copying. I don't know if you played The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I played Breath, Breath of the, the Wild, Wild, but a lot, yeah, a lot of games are taking inspiration from that. Where any like just like Harry Potter, uh, Hogwarts. If you see something, you can explore it. And there's a lot of puzzles. It's very not, open not very environment, simple. very PvE. Yeah. I like that about Breath of the Wild. You can interact with literally everything in the world. And I mean, we've talked about Breath of the Wild a whole lot on this podcast. Definitely check out some of those old episodes, as well as we're going to have a lot of content coming out for the new Breath of the Wild. I'm really excited about that. But back to Hogwarts. What are your thoughts on this being a single-player experience? Do you still have hope for online gameplay? Yeah, coming into the game, I was really hoping they had Quidditch. Like, I really wanted to play that. I don't know how it would play out in the game, but also just playing with your friends. Coming into the game, I thought it was multiplayer. So that was another thing that was getting me excited, is like going to school with your friends in the wizard world like that. That just sounded really cool to me, but sadly, we don't have it yet. But I think definitely in the future, they may come out with some type of DLC. Hopefully. Hopefully. What are the chances? What, what do you see? Edgar, what do you see? Because you've seen more of the game already. Do you think that it's possible that we could, the create port key games could just throw in a multiplayer facet? How likely are you saying that? I don't think it's likely at all. Like, I think, if I'm being honest, I think they put too much into the game as a single player game. So, like, there's just, like, no space to make it multiplayer. But I definitely do see Quidditch coming in a DLC. Because, like, when you go around the world, there's so many, like, Easter eggs about it. Like, people always talking about, like, like you could rock a whole Quidditch uniform. Like, so I definitely feel like it's going to come out as a DLC. Interesting. Damn, on top of the $70 they already asked for, that's crazy. (laughs) But I guess that's, you know, that's the market we live in nowadays. Man, I really had a lot of hope for online gameplay. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I initially thought it was an online game. So I, I, Facts. I bought it right yeah. away. I was like, damn, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. Too. Like, I thought of Elden Ring. I thought about just being able to, like, kind of explore this world with friends. 
but for some, you know, for some reason it wasn't. And I'm not upset about it. You know, the single player experience is definitely, it's a whole world of its own. But, you know, it would be nice to be able to play Quidditch against friends. Or maybe that would be probably a DLC. Like, it'll be a multiplayer facet of Quidditch and you just play game mode. I don't know. I'm being hopeful. We'll see, I guess. But yeah, tell me some more about these Merlin trials. I'm really curious about them. Like, so these are just puzzles that you unlock throughout the world? Yeah. It's like when you complete one, it gives you more space in your inventory. Oh. Yeah, so it's something you really, like, you really want to get in the, Yeah, you want to get in the habit of doing it because sometimes when you finish the quest, they'll throw, they'll throw you an item. And if you don't have enough space, you can never go back to get that item. Like, you're just out of luck. I noticed that. Like, for me, when I would go to certain areas in the map, if there was a chest and I didn't have enough space in my inventory, I would have to physically go in my inventory and get rid of an item. Just to pick this one up, but not knowing what it is. So it's kind of like that. You really got to pick and choose what you want to get rid of because you may never see it again, like you said. That's kind of how they force you to interact with like different aspects of the game, right? Because I'm assuming you would have to, like Edgar said, you'd have to grow this kind of flower in the room, and then that would allow you to be able to access the Merlin trials. So they're kind of teaching you how to utilize different different parts of the game. Yeah, talking about the room where you grow your flower. I'm gonna spoil it for you guys, but. You get this thing called a room of requirements. And so what that is, is basically like your own room. You get to customize it, put any carpets, any kind of paintings. But then as you go through the game, you unlock like, I guess you would call it like a, like a zoo. Like you get three zoos. Like you have one where it's all like land and you could like capture animals out like beast or like a bag. And you bring them into there to your zoo or when you bring them to your zoo, you could like breed them and like you feed them, you like you brush them and you get the item that they come with and you could use that to level up or you could go back to the to Hogsmeade and go to the spot where you could sell them. So you're basically saving them from poachers. I see. And so that whole part right there is just I find that so tough. Like I literally have all different kind of animals stuck up in my zoo. I got the hippogriffs. I got the platypus looking one. Oh, man. That makes me think a lot about that movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah. yeah. Bro, you know what's so crazy? I think the game is more closer to Fantastic Beasts than it is to Hogwarts. To Harry Potter? Yeah, well, also, you got to think about it. This game is 100 years before Harry Potter. Yeah. So that also plays a factor. That is actually... A question I had, what is the storyline of the game and how does it fit into the larger Harry Potter universe? Well, I think it kind of builds into that because in Harry Potter, especially when they talk about like Voldemort, for example, right? They never really use his name. They just say he who should, shall not be named. Right. So it kind of like builds onto that lore where technically like you can make your character and that could be him like in your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of cool. You can just build your own little story. Your own legacy. But it has everything, you know. So you're, you're basically trying to master your ancient magic. That's what the whole story is based upon. 
Uh, you're going back to how Hogwarts was created before Headmasters. And then you're that fifth year, like you're that student who has the capability of seeing ancient magic. Like you can see it around the world and grow your skill. In ancient magic. In ancient magic, yes. Like that's that power you use when you do L1 and R1. That's your ancient magic right there. Mm, really powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have another question here. How might Hogwarts legacy influence future developments in the Harry Potter universe? such as new books or movies. Do you see that happening? Well, they already announced it there. I think they're making a new movie already. Oh, wow. Yeah, but game-wise, I don't really know how you would top this one, unless it would be a direct sequel or something. Maybe an online MMORPG. <laughs> yeah, but from that, I don't know if you want to remake the story. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're saying, like, keep this kind of storyline that Porky Games had established yeah, and just I don't, work just, off of that. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like what Breath of the Wild is about to do. You know, yeah. Maybe even make new spells, new places to go. Who knows? That was a criticism I had. I was talking to one of my classmates about my podcast, and you know how I was talking about Hogwarts, and he was telling me how he was upset that there was only about twenty-three spells, something like that. Yeah. I'm not familiar with how many spells there are in the Harry Potter universe, but to me, that seems like an adequate amount. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, I don't think it was really a big deal to me because I find myself only using really like four or five spells unless I really have to, right. like in the trial or whatever, any puzzle. But yeah, besides that, I'm I'm basically using the basic spells. But yeah. I think the number of spells is, like I don't even paint on my line. I think 23 is a perfect amount. I can honestly enjoy any spell I do. I mean, some of the corny spells, I don't really be messing with. I don't touch them. Like anything that causes me destruction... Like, that's what I'm chilling with. That sounds very slithering to me. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's... I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I don't know who hurt him. <laughs> Why you hurt me? It's just like, bro, you, like, you just love playing that game where you just get to be evil because you got to be staying your whole life being a good man, being a good boy. And sometimes you just got to just relax and just be evil. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't let that bone take over. I just... I've always wanted to to be the good guy, so... I stuck with my roots. Uh, maybe I played the middle. I'm playing both sides. I don't know. Those professors, they ask too many questions, so I'll give them a bad answer. But at the end of the day, I'm more there not to really hurt anybody. Yeah, the professors, unlike, are, unlike you. The professors are really, like, they're very professory. Like, they just want to know. Yeah, very. Really you just want to know better than that, bro. They talk too much. Especially the the lady. Yeah, the old lady. I, just I forgot her name. Say that. I forgot. Oh, Weasley, yeah, Weasley. Professor Weasley. Like, it's she cool because she's related to Ron somehow down the family tree. But besides that, we can get rid of her. <laughs> so I, I guess I have another question here. I'm going to open up kind of the con the context here. How does Hogwarts Legacy compare to other popular open world games such as Elden Ring or Skyrim or The Witcher Three? Yeah, as you say, Elden Ring, I think a lot of games are taking inspiration from that, especially being Game of the Year. But it's just, how can you top that open world, very customizable with your characters? There's just so many things you could do. I think a lot of games are just going to take inspiration from that and just build, you know? Yeah, for sure. What kind of other titles have you seen come out recently that kind of take on, you know, the Elden Ring formula, if you will? Honestly. None that I really know. Like, one game I kind of saw that I had high hopes for before Spoken. I thought maybe seeing how Elden Ring played out, they would 
do something similar to that, but that game that definitely disappointed me. Disappointed me big time. I was riding with this until it was garbage when the PS5 released. But that, yeah, that one. If we're gonna talk about games that flopped, that was one of them. Damn, why do you think it flopped? I just it had a lot of build up to it, especially with the new console. They had every all the hardware to do whatever they want, and the game just kind of felt rushed. Kind of, it got delayed, but it didn't feel like a complete game when you played it. And you definitely saw a lot of complaints from a lot of people. I wonder who who was the developer in that game, because oftentimes I see that happening with like big game developers like EA, like Two K. They kind of get rushed into these timelines, and they can't really give us like good solid game like they would want to. They kind of just put things out, and then you kind of just have to deal with it. Yeah, but it's crazy that you're saying that. But that game for Spoken was like. They was talking about that game before the PS5 yeah, even came out. Yeah, it was out. supposed to come out with the PS5. Yeah. And that game looked like it came out for the PS4. Like, they literally <laughs> slept yeah, on that big game. Big time. That's totally big disappointment. I was super excited. I was an advocate for that game. But I didn't even buy it. I, I didn't even end up buying it. I played the demo, and that was enough for me. Oh, man. Well, I guess back to Hogwarts Legacy. What kind of audience is Hogwarts Legacy likely to appeal to? And what impact could the game have on the broader gaming industry? I think anybody. This game is made for literally anybody to play. Like, you could literally customize in any way. Like, even for the black culture. Like, you could have dreads, cornrows. Like, I really like that they put that in a game. Because most games, they're giving you a normal a normal hairstyle. But you could literally rock cornrows in the game. And that's tough for me. So, I feel like anybody could really play Hogwarts. Like, it's not really made for just a set group of people. So, yeah, to build on that, I think that Hogwarts kind of made it cool to play Harry Potter. Like, I feel like a lot of people back then, they'd probably be embarrassed to, like, say they read a Harry Potter book or if they like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But this game, like, just the memes, the the gameplay, they just made it cool. I feel like it, it makes it cool for a lot of these games or shows that people just don't want to talk about. Like, Star Wars is even coming out, and that game is one of the most talked about games I've heard. So it's just... Yeah, yeah. Star Wars is... I'm, we're excited for that. Yeah, I think it's just making people just... You know, they open up. They get to just try different things. I bet this game brought in a lot of people who didn't like Harry Potter before. Where do you think that comes from? You know, like, for example, when I first bought this game, Naomi saw me downloading it. She was like, you're such a nerd. Like, where do you think this idea comes from of, like... Just wanting to explore these universes or playing video games in general are is like a nerdy thing to do. Right? Where do you guys think that idea comes from? I think it's just people just building on, on what they've heard before. Just following trends until they actually play it and enjoy it. So I, I just think it's more people following than anything. That's a good answer. What are your thoughts, Edgar? Um, yes, question again. Where do you think that like connotation of you know playing a game like Star Wars or Harry Potter or even reading a Harry Potter mm-hmm. book that these things like make you nerdy. Where do you think that comes from? I think it's more just like it's not the real world. You're always trying to be like a cartoon character or a nonfiction character that would make you want to be like somebody call you like a nerd. Yeah. But like sometimes it's great to just imagine. Yeah. You don't always got to be too serious. I mean, that's what a lot of things, a lot of things are more popular nowadays, even anime. Like I, sure. uh, people I talk to that are way older than me say how if you like the anime, you're getting bullied for us. Like it's just a lot of things becoming normal, especially with social media, 
all these clips is getting out there more people are starting to understand why you're watching and playing these different things like just giving it a chance honestly i didn't like a lot of these things when i was younger and as i got older i was like oh wow i missed out on this for this many years like this this is great i think it takes a specific kind of person to be open to new experiences you know something you may not be too familiar with but you're still willing to try it and learn and that's definitely something you have to do when playing a game like Hogwarts. I feel like even for me, I was like a little on the fence about spending $70 on this game, but it was worth it for sure. You know, I started playing it and I got sucked into this world. So yeah, I definitely think Hogwarts Legacy appeals to a very large audience and that's kind of what they were going for. They kind of wanted to have just about anybody get into this experience and have a good time. So if you're unsure about it, I, I would definitely say, you know, pull the trigger and just try it out. You know, if, if you can, just, if you can borrow the game from a friend, just to be sure, I would do it. I think it's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. What are your overall thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy and the potential it has to live up to the high expectations of Harry Potter fans around the world? To be honest, I don't know. It's a great game, but I don't think it's like topping God of War. I don't think it's topping Elden Rings. But if we're strictly just talking about, like, as being a great game for the Hogwarts community, I think it's pretty good. Like, yeah, made agree. people to enjoy, enjoy, like, the story while you're in the story. Like, like Mark said earlier, yeah. like, you're the dude who, he who should not be named. Like, you're literally him. Here, you're creating your story. Exactly. But, yeah, definitely, it just brought in a lot of people into the Harry Potter world that they never uh, understood or even tried to learn about but yeah like he said it's good it's a really good game i just don't think it's like the game of the year like there's a lot of games coming out and it's gonna have to hold its own it's gonna have to hopefully live up to the the hype but we'll see what are some games you think are going to be in close contention with hogwarts legacy are you talking about like games that are gonna be similar or games that are just gonna do way better numbers the latter uh dude there's so many so many games coming out this year Especially games that definitely had time to adjust to the new hardware. You got Sp Spider-Man coming out. You Wait, got there's a new Spider-Man coming out, dude. Fall 2023. Oh man, you get to play as Miles Morales and Venom's the main villain. Oh man, so it's gonna be yeah, it's my be pockets. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely so that extra ten dollars is gonna hurt. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be worth <laughs> it though. It sounds like. I had a great time with that experience. I was Spider-Man. Like I played Spider-Man 1, I played Miles Morales. It was a really good time. Oh, yeah. You better get me back on the podcast for that one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I will have a list of things going on. That will be a three-hour podcast. I think that Spider-Man was definitely better than Miles Morales. Like, it was cool that in Miles Morales, you had more, like, freedom. Like, you felt like you was just, like, a kid. Yeah, that's what it was, man. They, yeah. they built on the system. The story of the first one was amazing, but yeah. the mechanics of the second one it was crazy. Now they just you combine the two, and you're gonna get game of the year easily. Mm. But I, I guess let's not get too off topic here. Yeah, we can talk about I guess our favorite quest line in Hogwarts Legacy. I know there's a lot of quest lines. Edgar, I know you've probably seen a bunch. So I'm curious mm -hmm. to hear what yours are. Same with you, Mark. I know you've seen your fair share of quests. What quest line did you have the most from? so far my favorite quest was with the girl poppy her name is p-o-p-p-y you get this quest because she's like she's trying to teach you about like poachers 
and poachers are like people who like steal beasts and like abuse them and try to sell them for money, which I find crazy because it's literally you could literally do the same thing. You literally go to Hosmead to sell animals into a safer home. But probably what she does is like she find out that poachers they have like a little hideout. And when you go to this hideout, there's dragons fighting. Literally, they have a dragon fight. I'm like, bro, I'm like in my head, like, bro, am I, am I about to get a dragon right now? Are you about to give me a free dragon? <laughs> and then, so, like, we go in there and we, like, wait, shout out to the whole quest or not? Yeah, 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 go for it. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear about this part, maybe skip ahead. Yeah. So, like, what happened? All right, so you go there, you stop them in the fight. And, like, there's, like, the last dragon where this dragon is just, just chilling there. But you find the egg. And apparently I heard that you could, like, you're supposed to keep the egg. So I was sitting there, I'm like, do I really have to return this egg? Because if I keep this dragon egg, I get my own dragon. And so when you get close to, like, the next part of the quest, we girl, the girl Poppy goes, like, we have to go bring the egg back to the dragon so it calms down. I'm like, nah, don't do this to me. <laughs> Better could never. We should just stop there. Right exactly. There. Like, Let me keep this egg. Like, why? I don't want to give it back. <laughs> and so, like, when you go and try to give it back, like, you're at a castle, you literally have the dragon, like, it fires, like, fireballs at you, and you have to, like, hide behind walls. And, like, the cinematic of that scene is, like, so cool. Like, literally, all you see is, like, you trying to duck and hide from the fireballs being thrown at you. So that part I enjoyed. And then when it comes like close to the end and you return the dragon egg, I was, which I was so upset, like the dragon just calms down. And like the girl, she like pets the dragon. And like all of a sudden, like you guys are like friends. So that was honestly my favorite quest so far. Yeah, that sounds like one hell of a quest line. I'm not gonna lie to you. I can't wait to do that. Around what level is that? I wanna say, yeah, I can't even answer that because I did too many side quests. So, like, I'm ahead of the game. I see. Yeah, so I was doing that quest at level 30. Oh, wow. Oh, so to, to build on that, how do you play the game, Brandon? What would you go about? Are you more of, like, just getting right to it, main quest, or are you looking at every single little thing? Nah, yeah. I'm, right now, I'm at the point where I'm just trying to progress past the game, so I've just been, like, ignoring the side quests here and there, and they seem yeah, a little that's, tedious, that's kind of what too. I do. So I'm just like, I just want to, you know, see the story and learn more about the ancient magic. You know, I recently, I'll go ahead and get it right into my favorite quest, was when Sebastian and I had to sneak into the forbidden part of the library. Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. I had to use the, I think it's Revelio. I had to use, what spell is it? I forget what it's called. Is it M, M something? I know exactly what you're talking Basically, about. Basically, it's a spell that allows me to be transparent, I guess, right? I turn into a ghost for a brief period of time. Yeah. And that was really cool to just interact with the world in that way. I think about, you know, Harry Potter scenes where he's wearing the cloak of vanishing. And correct me if that's not the name. You know, he's hiding around Hogwarts trying to, you know, uncover secrets. That's a lot like what it felt like. And I had my classmate Sebastian there with me to help me. And um, we had to like use our, our wand to kind of distract the paintings and, and the staff that's working at Hogwarts. And that was, that was really cool to just interact with the world in that way. Just seeing the layers of NPCs, right? Not only do we have the librarian 
we had, you know, this painting that was willing to snitch on you, literally a painting on the wall. And then at the end, like, I thought I was scot-free. I thought I had gone to this book and uncovered these things. And then there's this, like, ghost. Wow. This yeah, cloud ghost. ghost. Yeah. That dude is name? after you, bro. The whole game, he's after yeah, you, bro. Yeah, he's a hater. I just walk around Hogwarts, and that dude's just floating <laughs> through the sky, through the roof, the floor. <laughs> he's always, he always has an eye on you, though. There's a lot of things in that game that have an eye on you. Just keep it pushing. See, that dynamic of it is just very... It's another lit facet to the game that kind of just brings you deeper into the world and makes you appreciate, you know, poor key games for her paying attention to the detail like that and including that into the game. So yeah, I really appreciate that quest line sneaking around and having a good time. At first I thought it was a little bit annoying if I'm being honest, but kinda grew on me. What's your favorite quest, Mark? Honestly, I'm just as far as you. Probably the first trial. That was probably one of my first ones because it just made you really think. And there's a lot of treasure to explore, a lot of items that you get. So yeah, around that would probably be good. And also the underground fight club that they have going on in Hogwarts. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was tough. I like that a lot. I played through that side quest the whole way. I was just like, oh, this Yeah, it didn't even stop, right? Just walked out, yeah. flew flamed, came back. Yep. Right there. It was murked them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie, I struggled a little bit, but I got through. I was like, wait, do I have to do some more quests to level up a bit? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tough it up. I'm just... You know, get it right. And that's something about yeah. the game I like too. That like you can just you don't necessarily need a spell or a specific level. Like if you have the user skills, you can progress yeah. past the quest or defeat an enemy. So that's really cool. Yeah. One thing that's been getting at me with this game is it's all the little comments that each side character has, man. You can't just walk <laughs> in peace in that game. They always got something to say. They always got something to say. That's why Edgar has beef. That's why Edgar wants to. Aveda Cadavera students. <laughs> right. That's why I didn't have multiplayer or, you know, hurting students because it would just be a Aveda Cadaver war. Yeah, now that I think about it, that does <laughs> Everyone sound, would be just be running around. That sounds like negative press. I'm not going to lie. Like a game <laughs> where kids in this school can just go around just hurting each other. Mm. Especially in this current, like, world that we're living in, in America specifically. That seems very troublesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you wouldn't even be able to walk around. It'd be like a GTA lobby over there <laughs> in Hogwarts. <laughs> no, nah, but I've seen clips on TikTok. People mod the game. Like, it was oh, a mo- yeah, one yeah. mod where they had the Glock. And your, like, your, your wand was a Glock. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> they made their wand a Glock, yep. <laughs> they made it where you could Avada Kedavra your students, teachers. Oh, my God. The mod community is crazy, mm-hmm. man. They're just There's so much things they're doing over there. So where are you guys seeing the mod community mainly on TikTok or YouTube? Yeah, TikTok is a big thing. You just see a lot of people with wands that are Glocks. <laughs> They're just going around just being menaces. I can't even explain it. <laughs> That's all it really is. Well, I think one quest you guys are going to like is called the Dalian Keys. I don't know if you guys remembered in the Harry Potter movie where Professor Dumbledore like leaves Harry Potter in a room and he, he has like these keys are like flying, right? And he has to find the right key. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I vividly remember, but that goes into the the lore of the movies. That they're very... What Harry Potter uh, movies? I think it's... I think it's Chamber of Secrets. That's the first one. That's the first one, right? I think that's what it was. Well, basically, in the game, they're called the Dalian Keys. 
And like basically you'll see them and they'll make like a little noise. Like you'll hear them buzzing. And if you follow them, they take you like to like this. This little artifact. And when you open it, you get like these keys. And if you get all 16 of the keys, you get like an outfit for your house. Wait, you get to have a house in this game? I thought you just had your dorm. Yeah, your dorm. My fault. He's talking about the house, uh, Ravenclaw. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, you get. There's a special outfit that you get for each house. I thought it was like Skyrim for a second. You could go buy a house in what is this place called? What are these cities? Hogs. Hogsmeade. You go buy and find the house there. That reminds me of like one of the early quests in Hogsmeade where these giants just fucking come crashing through buildings, and you have to take down the giants. And I was like. At first, I was like, there's no way I'm about to, like, fight these giants. But they really did have me fight them with my wand and my basic wand. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great way to introduce combat. No, it really was. For me, it felt a little slow in the beginning. Besides, like, graphically, it looked really good. But, like, gameplay-wise, I was like, all right, what am I getting myself into? And then they just so, they throw a couple beasts at you. And from there, you learn. It's, it was fun. That's what I'm saying. Like, this game is not even that hard. I literally play on the hardest difficulty, and it's still so easy. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, anybody can play this hard. game. That's what's hard about coming from Elden Ring. <laughs> Dying a hundred times before you beat one boss. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter, you just hit, hit, dodge, roll. Losing that's all it. your runes just to get past this one quest. Oh, yeah. That game, that's definitely game of the year. That's an unforgiving game. I feel like Hogwarts Legacy is very, like, it's more for kids. They're not going to be as unforgiving. Those kids just might be like, what? I'm not playing this again. I feel yes, that's definitely me. I literally be (laughs) hopping, like, from game to game because I'd be just getting stuck in one part. And then, like, all right, switch to the next game. As you should. That's why you have multiple games. Mm -hmm. But, man, what a title. I'm really grateful that you know this game was released this year and that I have it. I see myself definitely playing this game a year, two years from now, maybe picking it up, starting any playthrough. It's definitely a timeless piece. Would you guys agree? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the best uh, Harry Potter game you could play. The only Harry Potter game you could play. <laughs> no, you got some nostalgic ones. You got the Lego Harry Potter games. You got the no, movie right. remakes. But, I mean, if we're going to talk about a whole experience, definitely this game is top tier. And it'd be nice to put on the VR headset in this one. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> no, I think you could, though, low-key. You probably could with the PSVR. I don't spread misinformation now. <laughs> man, I've been thinking about getting a VR headset. Yeah, me too. Right. That's just an experience, man. Just being in a video game. Like, actually, it's, it's crazy. Just imagine being in your PlayStation dashboard and being able to, like, Pick things out with your hands. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're probably gonna end up like that. End up getting to that. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before we get there. It's right there. We live in the best time right now. Yeah, video games. Shout out to Carter. He's a friend of the podcast, and he has a YouTube channel. He makes a lot of VR content. He actually let Blake try the VR headset, and we had a great time. There's actually a video on our YouTube channel. Check that out. It's definitely coming soon. The Sticky Buns podcast will be making some VR content soon as well. So stay tuned for that. I don't know about you guys, but I don't mess with that VR thing. Like, have you ever seen Ready Player One? Yeah, I did. You're scared of Ready Player One? I'm more scared of Sword Art Online, man. I'm not trying yeah. to get stuck in one of those things. 
even that, bro. Like, don't I don't trust any of that. Especially when you have Elon Musk talking about putting a chip in your brain. No, yeah, for real. It's going to get to the point where you got to do it just to keep up. Because I think about, like, AI that's already available to us. For example, ChatGPT, you know, just using that to come up with ideas. For example, when I was coming up with questions for this episode, I gave ChatGPT kind of, like, some guidelines, and it came up with, like, 10 solid questions that I asked you guys has uh, did a great job. And just seeing how the AI just outperforms humans. Exactly. Bro, they even got an app where you could, like, types. I feel what it's called. I saw it on TikTok. That's what he's talking about, yeah. That's what no, 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 no. No, bro. It's, it's like where you could type in, like, a text. So you buy a text a girl, and it gives you different <laughs> options. You have unlimited <laughs> rules with this app, bro. <laughs> like, it's it's so hard for any of the dudes to fail now. Oh, man. That's actually genius. Oh, man. I'll still find a way to fail. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta message us that. That app, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Send me that app to the pop. Exchange numbers. I might pay money for that app. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is there anything else you guys want to talk about as far as Hogwarts Legacy goes? Any lasting impressions? No, I think I think we pretty much touched everything. Definitely, it's a good game. Not game of the year, but good yeah, game. Yeah, it's calm. Yeah, something to play for now. If you guys had to rate it zero out of ten. What would you give it? Hey, I'm going to let you go first on that one. I don't want to sound like a bad guy. I, honestly, this is going to be hard. Like, I would say like a six. Wow. You said okay, six? Yeah. I was going to say seven, seven point five. This is not crazy. I was going to say 6.5. It's just like, it's not like I don't fiend for the game. It's just, it's just so calm. I just relax. Yeah, I agree. I guess I'll go next. I give it a solid seven or eight. You know, it's for what it is, it gets the job done. Yeah, there are some elements that I feel are missing, mainly the online component, Quidditch, there's some more obvious things. Like, I feel like the train could have been added into it as well, you know, where you have to, like, go into, like, the fucking seven and three quarters, like, thing in the train. That could have been added. A lot of things could have been added to the game. But overall, great experience, really, really sucks you into this world. I'll give it a solid 7.5. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a good rating for it, 7.5. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this first episode of the Sticky Buns podcast where it's not just Blake and I, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. We've been doing this for about two years now, and it's always been Blake and I. This is the first time we've ever bring on some guests. So definitely, you know, pat yourselves in the back for coming through in a timely manner. And... Putting together a great episode. I think this is great content. This episode definitely has some replay value. So shout out to you guys. Really appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. No, I appreciate you inviting us, man. It's definitely a pleasure. You thank might you, have, thank you. think you motivated me to start a podcast. <laughs> might have to get you as a guest. Oh, man. I love the sound of that. Man. We can <laughs> plug each other's podcasts. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Sticky Buns Podcast. You guys can support us on Patreon. Tell a friend. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. We just really appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, peace in the streets. Peace. Tut, tut. Hardly any of you remember that my favorite color is lilac. <laughs>